0: Hi, everyone, and welcome to another exciting edition of Words, Images, and Worlds. I have a lot of different folks, different creators that come on as far as comics, uh, occasionally film, poets, professors. Always delighted when someone comes on who writes in the space of young adult literature and uh, what I would also call it. It's it's also for adults, right? I, I think I'm right in that. Um, so glad to be talking with author Angeline Bully. Angeline, welcome to the show. Thank you for saying yes.
1: Yes, thank you, Jason. It's a pleasure to be here talking with you.
0: It's great to be talking with you. I'll mention two titles here at the beginning. And of course, we can we can talk about other inspirations and work to come. But uh, Firekeeper's Daughter is probably... Uh, one of the books that people know you best for, as well as uh, Warrior Girl Unearthed.
1: Yes. Those are my books. <laughs>
0: <laughs> those are those are uh, wonderful books, uh, and glad that you've shared them out into the world. Glad to share them with young readers, and as I mentioned, older readers as well. I, I really resist that sort of like you have to be this old to read this book sort of thing. Uh, but yeah, yeah, I appreciate your work a great deal.
1: Thank you. I really love that um, upper young adult to and adult crossover space. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah, uh, great space to enjoy work in. So generally, the first question tends to be sort of an author origin. How did you get to the written word sort of question? And you can go after that in any way that you'd like. Um, what, what is most resonant from your story?
1: Well, um, I was always good at writing, but I s- stopped writing stories myself when I was very young um I used to write in a diary and Mm -hmm. this would break my mother's heart to know it but um she you know read my diary and um had written something on one of the pages like you're very sweet and I love you very much Mm -hmm. but I felt so exposed that I could not write stories for a long time I was didn't trust to put my thoughts on the page um Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. in case someone read them before i was ready to share or if i would ever want to share so um but when i was 18 i was a senior in high school and a friend of mine who went to a different school nearby told me about a new boy senior year he was in all of her classes and um you know she thought i might like to meet him. She was a good friend looking out for me. Mm -hmm. Um, But it turned out that he didn't play sports and he hung out with the really hardcore stoners. So I never met him. And then a month before graduation, she told me that there had been a drug bust in their small town. And Mm -hmm. it turned out that the new boy had been an undercover police officer. Yeah. And this was before the original 21 Jump Street. Mm -hmm. So I was really uh, blown away by the idea that a young looking, um, you know, cop could pose as a high school high school student. And I remembered having the thought of what if we had met each other and what if we liked each other or what if he needed my help. And that was really the spark for. Uh, Firekeeper's Daughter, which I eventually pitched as, you know, Indigenous Nancy Drew meets 21 Jump Street. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it only took 37 years after the inspiration to uh, get published. Yeah. So it had a very long buildup.
0: Every book has a journey. I I hear that from people in doctoral programs. Every PhD has a journey. Every book has a journey. Um, And I'm sometimes amazed at at the sheer number of revisions, processes, uh, stops in the road, rejection letters, and all of those things that come along the way.
1: Yes, I am the poster child for tenacity. So (laughs) I I didn't start writing um, the story until I was 44. And it took about 10 years of Figuring out how to write, how to tell a story, mm-hmm. uh, and different you know versions of the story, before I finally felt like I had a strong enough draft uh, to get an agent. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, you also mentioned um, crafting the book as kind of a an indigenous space, indigenous voice, and I have just been so impressed by the scarcity of uh indigenous and native voices in literature as i mentioned at the beginning i do a lot with comics and write about comics but um literature in general um seems to be seems to be a place that needs more uh and more contributions to come
1: yes definitely and i do love the attention that we are getting now um i hope that we're making you know serious inroads with school and library purchasers to make sure that the you know um everyone deserves to be seen in the pages mm-hmm. of a book mm-hmm. and there really is a difference with publishing stories written by um indigenous people uh we know what we know what to leave off the page i think is the important uh takeaway is mm-hmm. um I think that when some someone from outside of my community who tr- who would try to might try to tell um, you know this indigenous Nancy Drew story, I feel like they would only scratch the surface. they would miss a lot of the nuance and um, perspective that um, that I really worked hard to make sure that it wasn't my, just the trauma in our community that was, you know, highlighted in the story, mm-hmm. but our you know, resilience and joy and humor and connectedness, um, those things were even more important to share. Um, and, and so I think that's the value of publishing own voices when it comes to, you know, a, a community that hasn't had stories Uh, centered in the communities
0: before, you know. Yeah, uh, absolutely. And what you said there about not, or about knowing what to leave off the page. um, I think that just speaks so clearly and so well to the power of authentic voices and um, speaking from experiences and experiences that you can relate to. And then readers can either then relate to those experiences or learn from them and sort of peer into them.
1: Yes. Um, so I had this mantra while I was, you know, the 10 years of working on the book and it was, I write to preserve my culture and I edit to protect it. Mm-hmm. And that really was, you know, I knew that I needed to be protective of indigenous knowledge and not just give it all away. Um, I had to be very careful in what I chose to reveal and what I, um, you know left off that page and that's not to say that i or any other indigenous author will always get it right um but it means we are more likely to be considering uh you know that responsibility mm-hmm. i'm i'm answerable to my community and so you know if if i included something that shouldn't be in there i would hear about it from my cousins and that's also something that someone writing from outside of my community, you know, someone who doesn't, um, isn't a part of my community and is there just to mine uh, stories, that's something they, they don't have to answer to cousins mm-hmm. and aunties and, um, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah.
0: The, the family connections and the the living within the story too. I love that. Right. Yeah. Um, I was going to ask you craft wise, too, because both of these books, Firekeeper's Daughter, um, Woman Girl, or sorry, (laughs) Warrior Girl Unearthed, um, both really hue so closely to a character and this central voice that's carrying us through. So just curious about your method or your way of going about capturing that voice and, and sharing it and staying true to
1: it. Yeah, I love answering questions about craft. Um, Originally, I was writing, you know, uh, Firekeeper's Daughter in uh, third-person point of view, uh, past tense. But really, um, I made the decision to write it in first-person present tense so that even though the, the story takes place in 2004, Um, I wanted the reader to be right there inside of Donna's head, hearing her thoughts and how she sees the world, because too many people think that um, Native Americans are in the past. Mm -hmm. And I really wanted to, um, you know, have them have this very uh, intimate look at a young woman, um, a very modern uh, Mm -hmm. Ojibwe woman love that yeah yeah and I I did the same thing uh in writing warrior girl unearthed uh there's a different main character and um I really that was my challenge as a as a writer was that I wanted to write a character that was so different from Donis because Donis has been on my mind in one way shape or form uh since I was 18 years old and I wanted to challenge myself to write first person a character that was so different from her that maybe was funnier and um, less in her head and Mm -hmm. more impulsive. And um, yeah. And it was really, I enjoyed writing uh, Perry. Yeah. Yeah.
0: and The first person choice just lines up so well with that idea of, Connecting with story, connecting with experience, and and not doing it from an outsider's viewpoint. So uh, I love that it's woven into the the book in that way, too.
1: Right. And, you know, for my third book, uh, I want to do more. um, I want to do multiple um, narrators. Uh, that's going to be my challenge for my third book is to try, you know, multiple narrator. And I wouldn't have really thought about it except the Barnes and Noble um, and Indigo special edition of warrior girl. They requested a bonus chapter written by uh, a secondary character in the book. Mm -hmm. And so I wrote it. um, I wrote like the big heist scene, but um, I wrote it from the other twin sister's perspective. And that was more fun than I thought it would be. It came easier uh, to jump inside her head. And I thought, oh, you know, why didn't I do dueling, you know, narration? So I thought, okay, third book, it will be more than one narrator.
0: I love that. I, I love how you keep challenging yourself and uh, practicing in that way and expanding creatively.
1: Yeah, um, I really didn't have any interest in writing Donnas 2.0, like a mm-hmm. sequel where we're back with Donnas. I felt like where we left her at the end of Firekeeper's Daughter was a really good place and that we didn't have to worry about her, like she's going to be okay. Um, mm-hmm. She's mm-hmm. got these skills and tools in her tool belt and um, and her sense of identity and who she is, like she's going to be okay. And I just thought she would be so much more interesting um, as a secondary character seen by, you know, a different uh, protagonist. Mm -hmm.
0: Mm -hmm. So what is it that you hope, and this is kind of a a larger question too, so feel free to go after it in the way that you'd like. Um, What do you hope that readers take away?
1: I hope that, you know, first that they recognize that we indigenous people are still here we live vibrant modern lives um and then i i think that every community is different and even within my community there's a lot of you know differences of opinion and we're not a monolith and um i hope that my books if it's the first Book set in a native community that they that a reader has read. I hope that it sparks curiosity to read other um, Indigenous authors um, because our communities are so different, and and that's that's what I would love is just for people to say, oh, I never knew this about this issue, or I wonder what another you know uh a a navajo uh author or cherokee or from a different you know region of the country um what story what stories set in their communities look like Mm
0: -hmm. Mm -hmm. love that um you mentioned you already have book three your third book in development which is wonderful uh always always like to mention the upcoming directions appearances, things like that. And then I also like to conclude with information about web spaces because uh, I like to encourage educators, librarians, anyone who's out there listening listening to go check out more and uh, continue supporting the work.
1: Thank you, Jason. Mm-hmm. Uh, my author website is Angelinebully.com and a n g e l i n e dot ycom and I have a request form uh, available on my author website if readers would like a signed book plate um, mm-hmm. personalized or just a signature whatever they would like uh, feel free to you know I, I'd love to hear from readers and happy to send out Um, a book plate. I try to keep up to date on the website as far as where I'll be next. Uh, Next weekend, I am going to National Book Festival in Washington, D.C. And I used to live and work in the D.C. area, and I would go to National Book Festival. And I would be like, oh, someday maybe I'll be here if I can get this book deal, if I can, you know, if things work out, maybe I'll be here someday. And so it's really a dream come true that I'll be headed there next week.
0: Love it. Love it. You are there. You are there. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. Well, well, thank you so much for taking some time to talk with me. I did promise a, a brief amount of time. Did I miss anything that you want to make sure to share before we close out the episode?
1: Um, Just I so appreciate uh, podcasts. I, I appreciate you know, the bookish community, uh, people who really uh, are trying to get more information about authors and topics um, out to readers, especially young readers. I, I know that I um, i just love the availability of podcasts. It made a huge difference when I was learning how to write, mm-hmm. um, how to get published, how to find an agent, how to write a query letter. There's a lot of wonderful free resources that are available thanks to podcasts and, you know, uh, websites and, and that. So thank you for being part of that.
0: Oh, my pleasure. My pleasure. Absolutely. As I mentioned, I'm a bibliophile teacher um, and absolutely encourage folks to check out Firekeeper's Daughter, Warrior Girl Unearthed, and uh, continue to check out what you're doing. I'm excited for the next book as well.
1: Thank you. Miigwech. Thank you.